I was so ta- <laughs> I was so and, taken up. <laughs> Andrely would be our couple compound name. <laughs> I am Andely, Emily's <laughs> wife. Um, wow, it just cry for you really took me to an elevated place. Are you crying? And right I now? lost control a little bit. <laughs> This is going to go down in hot mess history. Do you remember when Andrea forgot her own name? (laughs) Because she was so taken by a mid-90s Swedish pop song. Andrea, who's our guest today? um, It's uh, Melody Kamali. Melody Mandely. What's your couple name in our group? That would be Meldria. Meldria. Oh, beautiful. Mandolin. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Listen, I'm I'm fresh out of a breakup. Not quite, but you're if you're gonna. You're not firing on also. Yeah, if you're gonna play a a breakup song for me, just expect me to forget my own name. This one is a very powerful one, though. Like I, I something about this type of song, this and also like Alice DJ and like that vein of people, it makes me feel like I'm 13 years old, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm at a bar mitzvah, and I'm ready to play some Coke and Pepsi. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or you're thinking about, like, I remember when I used to listen to the music like this, when I was a teenager, I would have these narratives about people that I was, like, quote unquote, in, in love with. As, like, a 13-year-old, I'm like, you don't even, AKA, never they, had they sex. talks to you once. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, real life, non-celebrity. Like, oh, celebrity, yeah. too. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was like making out with posters of Leonardo DiCaprio. Absolutely. And, um, oh, he lit everyone's fire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he made my vagine pulsate. Pulsate? Oh, yeah. I, I, I think I've told this story like multiple <laughs> times, but I used to watch Titanic and yeah. I wasn't masturbating yet. I think it was probably like eight or nine. Yeah. But I loved Titanic and it was obviously something that the made me very aroused. scene, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. All 13-year-old girls were dry-humping pillows over totally. that fucking scene. Totally. Total queer ones who were into both of them. Yes, <laughs> oh, true. Lost my mind. That must have been a very interesting coming of age. Yeah. Like, to, to realize that you were attracted to both sexes. Like, when did you realize that? Um, well, I actually always thought I was, like, strictly into women growing up. Oh, okay. Um, and that was probably due to the fact that I always watched soap operas with my grandma, and those intro sequences are very sexy, yeah. like The Young yeah. and the Restless and all that. And then, like, a lot of Victoria's Secret catalogs coming in. I was like, I like boobs. Yeah. Um, and then I was just kind of afraid of guys for so long like as you should be very much yeah was like with women and then i got hetero curious like in my mid 20s mm-hmm. and that's like 
the app started coming up a little before then, and that's how I started experimenting with men. Um, so it mm. took me a while to be like, okay, do I even like men? Like, well, at the time, the apps were really only good for um, uh, different sex relationships. Yeah, because well, they're like lesbians weren't really on the no, apps no, for a long time. No, there was one, or there is one called Her. Yes, <laughs> Andrea was on that for a little. Really, bit. there's like ten people there's on 10 there. Ten people and the like, user. <laughs> Like experience sucks. It's so like, shitty. They just keep showing you the same people after you say no to them. It's like a PowerPoint presentation. It, yeah, yeah, and it's all my experience on her was maybe four years ago. I hope it's better by now. Um, mm-hmm. But it was all like, like I'm a school bus driver from Queens, and I'm like, listen, mad respect, and you deserve love That's too. A but sign like, that you need to make your radius a little bigger. Yeah, why? Well, I, I had a full <laughs> all of New York City. There's ten lesbians. That can't be true. Yeah, yeah. no, they're catering to your queens dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's read a review. Okay. Speaking please. of queendom. Um guys, I'm really loving all the reviews that are coming in. I they, know. Uh, really, really extraordinary ones have been kind of coming in and I want to read all of them. I think everyone decided to write in after we were like, stop calling us bitches on the reviews. Yeah, like what are you what do you think you're accomplishing by telling me I like the show? But you guys talk too much. It's my show. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what the fuck you're doing I don't know who you thought would be talking. Yeah. Who else would be talking? I don't know. Should I bring somebody to sit in my seat? Well, your woman voice talking is a little much for me. You're right. I mean, I I am screechy. Like, I acknowledge that, you know? Yeah, sure. All right. This review is titled, Not Really a Mess. Oh. By Ninja P. Samid. Agree to disagree. I've been thinking about fucking right? a guy with a face tattoo, so let's be honest. Well, I mean, if you want to hear this analysis, it's very um, comprehensive. Okay, let's see. And of course, this is rated five stars. Yes. I've only been a listener for a few years. Ooh, this a lot. is exciting. We've, we've been doing this for four and a half years, so mm-hmm. a few years is a lot. I've only been a listener for a few years, but it's been so cool catching up on Andrea and Emily's adventures. These women deserve our ears, metaphorically, and our dollars. Yeah. Hell yes. They are so funny and talented, but more than that, they are living out the dreams of so many of us, and they're not sugarcoating how hard it is to live in New York and be in the comedy scene. No, we are not. No, we are not. We are literally constantly melting down. I'm going to cry after this. Yeah. I don't think either Andrea or Emily qualify as a mess anymore, but they're super hot. Thank you. One of the best podcasts. And that's the show. Thank you so much, Melody, for coming in. And I just need to get that out there. Yeah. If you would like to have your review read on air, the first step, write one. Thank you. The second step, click five stars. It's our favorite number. And the third step, just write something fucking nice. I just don't want to read I about can't take it how I, d- I talk too much yeah, anymore. Yeah, I can't. This is my one thing. <laughs> Like you specifically talk too much? No, no. It's, I mean honestly, it's, it's more, directed, it's more at directed at Andrea. But lately, it has been directed at me a little bit too. The yeah. whole point of a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What do you? What do you? What do you think we're going to be doing? Well, dancing? not like talk, like woman talk. Woman you know what talk. I mean? Yeah, man talk. But Maybe we should just talk about like grabbing our balls, sauce, sauce balls. I do like the idea. Listen of- to only in New York, Andrea's <laughs> new podcast to understand that sick rap. Yes, please do. Um. I do like the idea of people listening, and I I know we mentioned this at the end of the podcast, but we do have a Patreon that has our entire back catalog. Is two hundred episodes? Two hundred episodes. There is so much goddamn dirt behind that paywall, and you can go back to the beginning 
when we were but, truly yeah, just please, please baby don't. dear. I mean, don't like like do it, do it. Like that's what you're paying for, but like don't do it. You know? No, do it. Like do it. Do it. But I would rather don't like put not, it on YouTube or anything don't like that. share it. Like actually, don't share it because that's it's the only thing I have. Well, I was thinking about it. it's like we we've, we've outed a rapist. Um, that's behind the paywall. Yeah, it was pretty big. Yeah, multiple like crazy breakups. You got sober on this podcast. Yes, you it recovered was like the from very beginning. An eating disorder. An eating disorder the, from which I was in full recovery for years. Uh huh. You can hear the entire evolution of that. I was thinking about that also because it's like, in a lot of ways, this show is like our diary. Mm-hmm. But um. But to have like a very inside look on what it's actually like yeah. to recover from that, like it literally took me four years. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. People people recover from cancer in four years. Yeah. I basically had cancer. <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on the show, Melody. And that's it. Uh, um, anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about an accomplishment of mine yes. this week that I'm very proud of. I posted yes. my first ass pic to Instagram. Congratulations. I'm very proud of it. Bare butt. Bare butt in a thong. It looks great. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But, and and I I also, I like to think that um, I kept it still like on brand. Yeah. Cheeky, humorous. No pun. It's not like, well, a little pun. (laughs) A little pun. Um, But, there was wordplay involved in it, which is definitely more who you are. It's like one of it my was things. clever, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, but I actually had it saved in my Instagram as a draft for multiple days. And I was thinking about not posting it because my boyfriend was not super on board with it. And when I say that, I mean, he didn't say, no, don't post it. Mm. But he said, like, you know when your parents are like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed in you? It was like, you can post whatever you want, but if I saw that, I wouldn't think it was, quote, classy. Like, that type of thing. But A, what I kept saying was like, I don't know why you think I'm classy. Yeah, that's, I mean, he (laughs) listens to this podcast. Andy, I'm talking to you directly. (laughs) We are not classy. I literally call you Slamdy on this podcast. Yeah. I'm not like a class act. I'm a thirst monster. Yeah. As is my co-host. That's like kind of our brand, you know? (laughs) Um, So I, like, I don't know if like you want me to be classier than I am. Like, I brought it up three separate times. Like, are you going to be mad if I post my ass to Instagram? You're kind of like, Okay, I want you to give me the go-ahead, and even if you don't actually, I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah, so. like, I was always yeah. going to do it, but yeah. what I wanted him to say, he was never going to say. What I wanted him to say was, yeah, baby, like, I, I want you to do that, like, go you, like, I want people to see how hot you are. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean? Queen. Like, in <laughs> my perfect universe, he would have been, like, totally on board, like, Maybe even a little bit turned on by the idea of me okay. like throwing my ass out on the internet. Sure. Okay. But I was never going to get that answer. So for a few days, I would like casually bring it up. What was his response? What Like what did he That's say? That's what it was. It was like, just, I, you I can don't do love whatever it. you want. You're in charge of your own social media. Like I'm not here to tell you what you can and can't post. You've got to grow our following, Andy. What do you yeah, think, like, what what do you do you think works out here on these out here? streets? <laughs> 
fucking it's hard out quotes. here. No. No. Yeah. Travel pictures of sunsets. I can over only the beach. post so many cat pictures before my asshole no, has to be. No, people are tired of cats. Fucking people are other cats. <laughs> people are tired of cats. You need to post your other pussy yeah. to get some attention in this world. Yeah, I'm always on the other side of it too. My girlfriend's always posting like crazy nude photos but it's always like yeah. very silly so i don't yeah. i never know <laughs> like well, i that's, guess that's, that's fine the thing, right i mean it's not i i was also thinking about it like does he does part of him think that i'm putting it out there just because i want attention which like yes i want attention i don't think there's anything bad about wanting attention no i literally it's it's what we're all doing here. yeah 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 like but, I, don't, I don't know how we can be in entertainment and pretend that we don't enjoy attention right yeah but, but i think like, I I was worried that he would bring it up later as a, like, why do you need to put yourself out there to try to get attention from other guys? Which is actually not what I was It's for other doing. women. <laughs> it's mainly for other women. Yeah. If I, I'm being honest. I will say, um, do you think an element of it is that, like, you're his girlfriend and it, it, it appears single? Do you think that's something that concerns him? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. that's it, the, And he wasn't saying that, to be yeah. clear. Um, he was just saying that it made me appear thirsty. Again, I am thirsty. Like all these things that he was saying, it made me, it would make me appear as I am those things. And I don't think there's a problem. I don't think there is a problem with people putting their butts on Instagram. When I see no. a butt on Instagram, I'm not like, oh, scandal. Like my reaction is always like, that's fucking punk rock and awesome. Yeah, I agree. So. Well I, I think that we just have two fundamental differences on the way that we perceive social media and like the way that people, he doesn't really use Well, he's media. a civilian too. Yeah. So like we also, our bell cannot be unrung in terms of like people knowing a lot about our private lives. It is so over. Yeah. Like everything's over. My ass is out. I put out an album cover with a fake cum shot. Um, we outed a yeah, rapist. Yeah, I mean, it was really over at that point. Yeah, we yeah. outed a rapist. Yeah. You Google Andrea and you yeah. see sperm on her face. Yeah. I think uh, there's no coming back. Your from fucking that. college educated daughter is a cum shot comedian. And that's just the, that's the situation. So oh that should be your new Insta handle <laughs> cum shot underscore comedian. So. And but I do think that like Andy works in the private se- not private sector, but he he's just a more um, he's private. Yeah, he's a yeah, private he's, guy. He's not. He uses social media. He's one of those people who like for his never friends. never posts. Yeah, but has an account so that he can look at other people's stuff, which is fine for him. But that's not the way that I use social media. Yeah, I never look at people's stuff. I just post. <laughs> So it's what, literally the opposite. What do you, does it bother you? You say your, your girlfriend is also a comedian. Um, yeah. So you two are kind of more in similar worlds in this way. Although she's very, she's a pretty public person actually. I'm oh, thinking yeah. about it. Allie like Clayton. Allie Clayton lets it all fucking hang out in a Big very time. fun way. Um, do, does it, does it bother you? Do you feel any sort of way about it? I feel like such a square. I feel like I am your boyfriend, even though I'm a comedian, I'm like a private comedian. Yeah. yeah. Or it was literally my new year's resolution to post more on social media. Me too. <laughs> Cause Me I, too. I'm not great don't. at it. And yeah. I feel like it's, it's so important yeah. to the grid at least, you know, like sure. I'll just do a lot of the things that disappear. Um, but Allie, I wasn't okay with They're it at first. Stories, <laughs> stories, yeah, the things that disappear. Uh-huh. Wow, 2020. You I'm mean, gonna know you mean what love. story means. 
<laughs> the thing that disappears. Dreams continue. Um, Hope. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, at first when we started dating, I was um, just struggling. I it's hard for me to date a comedian. This is the first comedian I've ever been with. Oh so, yeah. Um, I just felt weird being like ev- all my friends are seeing my like they all follow yeah. her ter- yes. too. But then I needed to remember they're her friends too and have known her even longer probably. And you she know. posts publicly pictures of you guys together. Now a lot. she does. She's changed a lot. She like maybe she was also very drunk a lot of the time. But like she, <laughs> I remember used to just post like like a picture of her. You know those like nut hugger things that like turn into suspenders like tiny. Oh, oh my oh, god! Like yeah, banana like, yeah, sling, like, yeah, like Borat, like our yeah. gay male roommates. Like she would put them on and pose, and put, like just like the strings would just cover her nipples. And Shit, that's, that's up there. That uh, she is hosted, so hot. Yeah, she hosted an open mic in Chicago, and this is before we were dating. Um, tricked an open micer who's going up for his first time ever. Um, oh, I to, know the story. Oh yeah, oh. like close his eyes and like she said she was going to kiss him and then he got on stage and she spread her butt cheeks in front of the whole crowd oh, and he kissed her asshole like that level God. like not, oh, wow like crossing lines yeah. like outrageous Ali is outrageous yeah, yeah. That, sure that is outrageous yeah I'm like Very... clutching my pearls <laughs> here he kissed her asshole yeah yeah it was how did he how did she get her ass on the level that her face would be she was standing on a stool okay oh <laughs> um, right. and crouched there's wow, a picture. That's there's pictures of it out there. Um, yeah, pre me too. Sure, uh, yeah. sure, sure. It was a different. T- it was a different time. Uh, and it was just, um, yeah, it was a female uh, comedy collective. They ran a show, and then they were doing a New Year's thing, and it was like we're turning it into an open mic. And this guy was doing not only comedy for the first time, but getting his first kiss ever. No, and it was and it was girlfriend's Allie Clayton's asshole. So. It's not even like thirst trappy. It's just like what, like vulgar, yeah. line crossing. Yeah. Like there, her she grew up with no boundaries. Like very naked family. Like lot dick jokes all day. Very like, naked family. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Are they like nudists? Or um, just... her dad used to take them to nudist beaches and stuff. Like wow, that's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you okay? But I grew up very differently. But I think there's something to this, like. Uh, one person, and I was like this in my relationship. I was the reckless or the louder one. And then the quieter one enjoys you for being like this. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there, there's something that you like about how fun and wild and free and like maybe a little unhinged Allie may be at certain yeah. times. But I also think there's, there's like hard lines of it where you're like, this is, I am reaching my limit with mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Um, and I think Andy probably, when you date a fucking fast and loose motherfucker, you do, your boundaries yeah. do get like pushed or you like well, start I think to examine your own boundaries. It's yeah. similar in that um, if you are the type of person who is attracted to a person who pushes boundaries, yeah. naturally the person who pushes boundaries are going to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing until you reach a point sure. that doesn't make you comfortable. Yeah. Like, I think that is normal. Um it wasn't like a a fight that erupted. It was no. just a thing that I was like, hmm, it seems like we're at an impasse. Yeah. And I want you to feel differently about this, yeah. but I'm going to do it anyway. And then once I did it, he was supportive. Like he didn't, he wasn't pissed about it or yeah. anything. It's fine. It was just like, it taught me a lesson that I should just 
post whatever I want because he's going to be okay cool. with it anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because because he's a he's a nice guy and and a smart like feminist man. He's he's smart and uh, self aware enough to know that like the way that he feels about something is not necessarily the intention. Well, yeah, it's- and I'm still at the end of the day like I took that picture in his fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> you should tag him in it. <laughs> yeah, I should. It's kind of like um when uh, when Dustin and I were dating and I approached him about having a threesome at Burning Man. Oh yeah, with ladies. Um and. He has no. He knew that I was bi, or definitely like, I'm. I'm much more openly like, yeah, I'm Fluid. for sure bi now. But like, I, I, I do appreciate that he can feel unthreatened and know it's separate from him. Like, I'm trying to express my sexuality. I'm trying to like push the boundaries of things. I'm trying to um, experiment in a way now that I've been afraid of before, just because I was like closeted you know what i mean yeah so he he put his anxieties aside about like cheating or or you know oh does my girlfriend even love me she's out in the desert like finger blasting all these women you know what i mean yeah it does make it more dramatic that it's the desert sure it was very extra but it's like i think it's kind of the same thing like that because i'm that type of person who is explorative and that's what he loves about me that comes with like sometimes having to shelf the ego a little bit or decide um or be like this is a little much for me but i'm also never gonna stop you from doing things yeah yeah that's so funny Allie goes from like having people kiss her asshole on stage to when it comes up to sexually adventurous like prospects she's like absolutely not no three like i'm the one who's like maybe we could really (laughs) yeah interesting like okay that's interesting i guess it just comes out in different ways yeah you two are both like equally yeah we take turns yeah um, I'm more, yeah, sexually adventurous, I guess not like publicly. Sure. And she'll like be so, yeah, crazy in the streets, but total. <laughs> you're lady. a little, pri- you're a private none, freak. None in the sheets. No. Hey, Andrea. Emily. How are you feeling today? You know, I'm feeling a little dehydrated. Me too. I'm like a little hungover. Yes. I'm sorry that I came to work like this. Hey, man, it happens. Life happens. But do you know what uh, What I've been using that's really helping? Oh, yeah? What? Hydrant. Mm-hmm. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets that you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. You know that like dehydrated headache? Uh-huh. Do you ever get that? Like yes. right in between the temples? It's the worst. To feel that go away, especially I get it really bad after I've been drinking and I don't even get bad hangovers. It's really just dehydrated to feel like a human again yeah I've and been, this is like a really quick way to do it i've been exercising a lot recently hashtag breakup 2020 and after like a few weeks i started using it and it's making a huge difference i'm not walking around like ah, why can't I fucking, ah. i'm so happy for you thank you so much <laughs> there's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners in hydrant nice. the formula is vegan and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack Yes. Also, Hydrant starts at just a dollar a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. 
I'm going to get the monthly subscription yeah. personally because Me too. it's uh, it's really doing wonders for my body. Yeah. And for 25% off your first order, you can go to drinkhydrate.com and enter promo code HOTMESS at checkout. 25% is a good fucking deal, guys. Yeah, it's a quarter of the price. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code HOTMESS for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code HOTMESS. Unfortunately. Are, are you, um, so you said you're more private. Did you grow up really conservative? No. Um, so the reason I'm so private and I used to do stand up about it. It's literally, I think because, um, my parents were illegal immigrants for so long. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. You growing up. Private. Yeah. So it was very much like, you don't need friends. Cause they were just like afraid that we they don't would, want like, anyone to know. Yeah. yeah. It was a very much a thing. Like they fled a revolution in Iran. They came here illegally on like tourist visas and overstayed them and mm-hmm. i remember we were just always getting like letters in the mail just like their all their money they made went to like lawyers um oh to like try yeah. and stay in the country like i have iranian citizenship even though i never been there because they were just like if and when we get deported you guys are coming with so let's yeah. go get your passports what a paralyzing thing to grow up around yeah it's so. like you're being suspended all the time there was, I, this reminds me, um, we had Kanice Mobley on uh, mm-hmm. a few months back. I love her. She's so great. Yeah, she's great. And she, Kanice is a, a, a pretty open, like super freak in public, but she's always wearing cardigans and shit. Yeah. And like, she is kind of this mix of like appearing quite conservative, but, but very experimental. Yeah, and there's and, like a dichotomy to yeah, it. Yeah. relate. Uh, yeah, and and I said, and she did say she grew up. I believe that it was just her and her mom, um, and her and her mom were very close. And she said, like, her mom kind of instilled this fear in her of like you have to be in your best behavior all the time because you're a black woman. Yeah, and if you are, you know, if you're out there being like promiscuous or whatever, if something happens to you, society cares less. So now you need to double down in the other direction to right. keep yourself protected. It's not the exact same thing, but it, it is kind of like be on your best behavior all the time. Keep your secrets. Make sure that you're no one can point out anything about yeah. you because it was just pure uh, fear and paranoia. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, horrible. Um, like, we can't break any laws because, like, we're not even here illegally. Yes. So, like, when I started getting rebellious and, like, smoking weed in high school and stuff, it was just like, are you trying to ruin our whole lives yes. as a family? Like, uh, just... Um, but it only made me like rebel more. Like of I was course. a crazy kid. Um, uh, you can only take that kind of pressure cooker for so long. Yeah. Yeah. They're taking away like a freedom of expression. And I get, I totally understand why. Do, have they? <laughs> They're legal now. Yeah. So. Say, are they still here? <laughs> How did that story end? Um, um, oh, that story is crazy. Actually, they got their green cards. Um, so not even Congrats. their citizenship. Oh, well, they have their citizenship now. But when they got their green card, finally. Um, it was the week before September 11th. <laughs> oh my god! So, on to home base. So close. Um, so basically, um, yeah, there was an ongoing court case. Um, to like have them deported. Um, really? Yeah, and they um after September 11th. Oh no! P- leading up to it, like through the 90s, like um, okay. they're always just like contesting it, and they basically had their main court date to finally get a green card so they could ma- like be on the path to become citizens. Yeah. Um, and they, um, were there with their lawyer. The lawyer was like, had warned them, like, apparently this lawyer is like a hard ass. Like uh-huh. we got to just hope for the best. 
And they, it's one person. It's always one God. S- like uptight old. It's the, oh, I yes, and uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but at, uh, I obviously go through immigration shit because I'm Canadian. It's not the same thing, but every time I go through the border, I have a fucking panic attack because there's just one person can just say fuck yeah. you, and they don't really have to give you a reason. You have a bad day. It's so out of. You feel so out of control. You have no. You have no. Oh my God, is someone, what is call- that? someone is calling me right now. Ending <laughs> that. Sorry. Uh, you have no control. So I'm sure that yeah. your parents were just fucking terrified. They were, and they had no control um, that day. But luckily for it worked out because um, this notoriously like strict judge who's very anti-legal like, immigration. Mm-hmm. As lo- mm-hmm. Sounds like a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Love it. He um he's not posting ass pics. He definitely not. <laughs> he def- if he did, that would be epic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet he's dead. Um, I, I just I heard he was ancient at the time. Sure. Um, but anyways, he oh yeah, so he had his um either granddaughter or niece um with him at work that day. It was like bring your daughter to work daughter day. to work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't his daughter, but like I think a granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was acting very uncharacteristically like friendly mm-hmm. according to the lawyer they're like oh my god this could work out in our favor like he is being very nice today and so they went through um with the hearing um it turns out there was one document they needed that they didn't have and he was like like normally they'd have to adjourn and like reschedule the court date Uh. and that and if they had done that it would have been after september 11th and they would have been out of there we would have been out of there um but luckily he was just it was a lot of bravado and he was just like really flexing for his His granddaughter or niece or whatever um, Who I'm sure was like on her Game Boy. Yeah, she has no idea that he's like <laughs> literally being a making hero. or breaking yeah. this entire family's life. Yeah. Um. So then he's like, "I'm gonna march down myself and get it, like to get this document they needed to proceed with." What? Um. So instead of like recessing or whatever, like he went and like sent someone or got this document. They were able to continue at the hearing. They formally got their green cards. And then just like days later, September 11th happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Um, so that worked out. Um, and then they eventually became citizens, I think, like towards the end of Bush or early Obama. Did they, were they calm? Was your household calmer or less like secretive after that? Or did it kind of continue? It was like a huge weight had been lifted. Sure. And I could tell. Um, and... Yeah, they're always stressed about money and stuff. Like, we yeah. grew up with, like, poor immigrants. Like, it just turned out that we could finally start saving for a house instead of all the money going to, like, legal yeah. fees yeah. to stay in the country. Yeah, it's it's um, such a goddamn burden. But they relax because they're like, oh, we can go on vacations now. Like, we can leave the country. <laughs> yes, and um, not worry if you're going to come back in. Yeah. And, yeah. So they, like, immediately went to the Dominican Republic. And my dad was like, I think I want to move here instead. Like, he got Rosetta <laughs> Stone to learn Spanish, and he doesn't even know English to use the discs like <laughs> he's like i could live here live like a king like i'm he's not it. wrong he's not he's <laughs> truly not wrong yeah well so now like coming out as queer to that like as immigrants were they scared that you're being like openly queer would be a something like what was that like that um, whole dynamic I drag just your think, parents. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. I really beat them down with all the like partying and stuff. That by the time I what came out, what kind of partying? Or just about? like you know, like 
throwing parties when they weren't there, uh-huh. just like drugs and sex happening in their bed. Just oh like, my you know, gosh. Uh, um, like you know. as a, when you were a teenager? Yeah. I remember I, like we got to ninth grade and I turned to my friends. I was like, so I heard people are partying now. And if we don't party within the next few months, like our high school careers are over. <laughs> like yes. We need to get drunk and take random pills. We have careers <laughs> yeah. here to think about. We have reps. Um, so, yeah, that was like freshman year in the, through high school. I was just very troubled. I had no idea I was depressed. It was like harder to convince them that I had depression. Sure. More hard than depressed, uh, convincing them that I was queer. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I didn't come out to them. I was such a coward about it. I like waited till I moved to Chicago and like sure. came out over the phone to my dad. I wouldn't call it, <laughs> I wouldn't call it a coward. I mean, it's like, I feel like. Such a difficult it's a thing, huge thing, especially when your parents, I'm assuming, have very traditional values. Yeah, but also um, so weirdly liberal um, for Persians. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think if they were very conservative, conservative, they would have stayed in that country because it became like a very sure. Conserv- like they yeah. were like, fuck this. Like they're actually it turned them into a lot more liberal liberal Iranians uh-huh. like they're very anti-religion my mom calls all religion mind control right so I wasn't allowed to believe in wow um, religion so Christmas she was like Santa's not real okay uh-huh. and Christmas is a sham and so is you know what Christianity like she was just so wow on the other end of the pendulum because you know she saw Islam take over Iran and it turned into like an extremist religious society that she was like fuck all of that why because it's so fun (laughs) what a fun place to live so she knew she would be a hypocrite if she was um, against me coming out as queer and like she just always relates it back to like well she would be killed for this in Iran so therefore I am okay with this because like fuck Iran that's kind of refreshing yeah Yeah, (laughs) so that worked out well for me it's not usually the case with a lot of um, yeah I know Hemda is always like, how did that work out oh, for I you? Mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hamda's uh Hamda's family is a particularly um archaic one. Yeah. yeah. In terms of how they treat girls versus boys and oh, what yeah. they expect from from her. But I think that is sadly very typical yeah. from immigrant families. Definitely. I lucked out. I just really warmed down in high school. Yes. Um, you gotta you gotta do drugs constantly. You just have <laughs> to make them just scared. And so like by the time you're coming out or you're any living of that, in constant fear. <laughs> it's like if it's not fear? getting kicked out of the country, <laughs> it's that your daughter's gonna die of a pill overdose. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think that you were? I mean, everyone parties in high school. Ha, has that like behavior carried over to adulthood? Are you? I mean, you got no, not sober. You've like calmed down on the drinking a lot. Yeah, in I recent quit years. for a year. Uh huh. Um, and what started that? Um, uh, my girlfriend's suicide attempt. <laughs> That'll <laughs> well, do it. While we were drunk. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. You got um, nice. What? Um, so how, talk about can, a hot mess. Yeah. Ha, um, can you tell us how that happened? Yeah. I think Andrea knows this story, bit, yeah. but I don't. Really... Yeah, we told it on Keith and the girl, um, and that was the first time Allie had ever like talked about it. And yeah. since then, it's been like, oh, what good? We can talk about this now because like that's also been very hard to. Like, I, it's hard, weird explaining to people why I'm not drinking for a year. It's weird to just, like, I withdrew from, like, comedy yeah. for a while. Like, it was a very traumatizing. You're currently not drinking for a year? Or no, you I'm drinking again. She's sober. I basically tricked her into getting sober when she was in the hospital after. Everyone knows a good <laughs> trick is a healthy sign. Yep. Um, it worked. Um, yes. No, she How'd was... you trick her? So she, um, 
Oh yeah, carried very much into my adulthood, like the partying, and I, um, you know, lived in Chicago most of my twenties, which is a heavy drinking city. Yeah, so and much. I was doing comedy, and it was just like that's all I knew. Like I turned twenty one in Chicago, and I spent all my twenties, and then I came here. Allie and I were long distance and she was a heavy Chicago comic drinker. And yeah. once we were together again, I think we we're, I was just anxious about moving to New York and yeah, just about a, a lot. Huge, so, that's a huge move. Yeah. Especially like long distance. You guys, from what I understood, you were uh, together for a, a shorter period yeah. of time in Chicago. And then it was like rushed into it. Now we're together and you're moving to one of the most difficult cities. Yeah. It how was, it was how a mess. long had you been together before you moved? Oh my God. Like, not even a summer. It was like a, really? sum, a fling that we were like, yeah, let's do long distance. Like we were just like infatuated. Wow. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and smitten. Yeah. Smitten and kittens. I have a no comedian rule. Like are up until then. You fucked so up, man. I was also Listen, very upset that I was dating a comedian. Ha- everybody has a no comic rule. Yeah. yeah. Until, until they're down. broken down mm-hmm. and they realize that that's who's there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're the only ones who get it. But um, we were too similar in our partying and it just like kept like it just turned into me trying to catch up with her and her trying to catch up with me like yeah until um one night we're drinking and um i was starting to get really anxious about how her drinking was getting out of control and for me to say that meant it was really out of control that must have been scary because i've i've i used to be an out of control drinker i used to drink so much and i remember when i would see something that would scare me it would have to be so yeah beyond right like you mean in somebody else yeah like, behavior from yeah else? like you'd have to be drinking straight from the bottle or right. f- like looking like you're gonna get sick or or right being like psychologically Violent. in a very fucked up place it takes a lot if you're a heavy drinker to be like and she started losing it um what was do you remember what started the losing it like was there a comment was well, it yeah i moved here and i i felt like i was pressured into moving into new york like i broke my lease and everything yeah. in chicago like i felt like i should have at least stayed a little longer but then when we first started dating i was like yeah i'm, I'm gonna move to new york too and we couldn't do that like it was just like nonsense at first but then i was like oh i have to like follow through on this and then i felt pressure from her to move here and i was like listen i'm gonna move without a job or like that much saved like it's gonna be rough and she's like we got this and then i moved there and we're relying on her income and like it just started getting really stressful and she dealt we dealt by like partying um and then yeah it was just a casual night at home like she's cooking dinner and we had a we split a bottle of wine and then she had like snuck out and gone to the corner store and gotten like vodka. Um, and I then I was like, can vodka. we not tonight? Yeah. And yeah. then she went, when I would like push back on her drinking, it made her like drink double the amount because mm. she's very stubborn. Yeah. Um, and so it just turned into like a very like us fighting. Is um, she angry or mean when she gets that drunk? Yeah. Yeah. Because I used to be this. She's the sweetest too. I know. Yeah. person in real life. Um, and so she got like belligerent. Um, we fought. I started packing a backpack. I was like, I'm just going to um, stay at my sister's tonight. Mm-hmm. She lived close by at the time. And in her drunken like stupor, she thought that I was leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, Permanently. Yeah. Like she was just like, oh, she's leaving me. So she took all these pills and I mean, does like she, a lot of pills. Does she tell you, like, is it like I'm going to take the pills, or does she disappear into the bathroom? Like, how did she disappeared? But I feel like she it was kind of performative, and she agrees. Sure. Like, she was trying to like keep me there. Yeah. But like, she like knew that I knew if she was like going to the bathroom for a long time, she was going to do something because yeah. she's like tried to kill herself when she was 16. She's been rehab for like she okay, has, yeah. so she has a history. Of, yeah, self harm. Is she um 
Is she, does she have depression? Yeah, she has depression, and they're starting to think maybe it's like BPD, like borderline. Okay. Person. Yeah. Um, because it's not just like I have regular depression, and I don't see a lot yes. of similar. Yeah, I have a friend. Actions. I've I, <laughs> right. I've had close friends, and and Emily's mom is an undiagnosed borderline. BPD. So we've like. We've dealt with the borderlines a lot. Okay. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's very hard to nail down. It's very difficult. It's yeah. not often diagnosed and it often does get misdiagnosed as bipolar. So that's what's happening currently. Yeah. She's diagnosed as bipolar after the suicide attempt. They're like, what's ha- what happened is you had a mood swing when you were drunk and of course you would never yeah. do that sober and that, yeah. you need to quit drinking because you are bipolar and that was a mood swing while you were drunk. But whatever it was, it made her, yeah, try well, to kill herself. Well, borderline also stopped. like everything is perceived as a, an abandonment um, in, yeah. a, in a way I think more than we can it's understand. It's a, cri- a crippling fear of abandonment. And it makes sense with her family history and her parents being absent and all yeah. This. yeah yeah so yeah. you quote unquote leaving to her and this is not me saying like you did a bad thing you did a very reasonable yeah. thing i can totally see that swinging as someone who also has problems with abandonment and not to the level of borderline at all i will say that when i feel um like lonely there's this zone of like it's very scary it feels like paranoid and scary and out of control and it uh, in my mind I want to do something that makes people come back to me like if I hurt myself yeah or if I'm if I just go away you're gonna be like oh I, I love this person I want this person back like it's like a it's like an overcorrection for a right. feeling that's not like I've now come to the point to realize this is not a real feeling like this is your history, obviously this feels painful, but no one's doing, like nothing is happening. Right. And but it also doesn't actually help to lash out because no, then people does the see opposite. that and they're like, this is a personality change. Like this is not how you normally are. You're yeah. normally so sweet and calm and Right. That whatever. must have felt so scary. Oh, yeah. Um, She took like all of the pills she could find, like my pills, her pills, uppers, oh downers, um, handfuls of it. And then I... um. How do you get handfuls of pills down your fucking throat? I don't know, dude. She, I just found a trail of pills too, like leading up to our bed. And then I like freaked out and I took her to the bathroom and I, um, like was trying to get her to throw them up. Like I was sticking my fingers down her throat. Oh my gosh. And I have like a scar from her biting me, trying to get me to stop. So it became like, oh my God, she's determined to. To kill herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then once we got her to throw those up, she, we put her to bed and Mm -hmm. then we're like, what do we do? We call the hospital. She, in that time had gone up and found more and taken more. So we're like, okay, we're we're going to the hospital. Do you have have roommates or you guys? Okay. So there's other people like, yeah. Yeah. It's her friend. Like, um, that's how I know him, but sure. we, we are bonded. <laughs> That's a You're bond. soul <laughs> bonded. Yeah, fuck. Um, he was actually has a lot of like left with a lot of anger towards her, and I get it. Like it was crazy yeah. because of of that, or because of other things, stuff like that. And then that was like the ultimate. Um, well, yeah, I think <sighs> I think when when a bo- so when I had my falling out with my borderline friend, I. She said some really mean stuff to me. I tried to like put a boundary up and she said some really not this is not to the level of this at all, but it's hard to not be like, well, fuck you yeah. then. But you like unfortunately, as the person who does not struggle with this disorder, you need to be like, this person cannot help it or needs to work relentlessly to have the tools to help it. Like they're in a different position than you. So just like 
you know, and I, and I, yeah, I definitely. Yeah, they're not viewing things from the same yeah. set of lenses. Uh, but also he things. lives with her. Like I do, I get the whole, every side oh, of it. Yeah. It's just difficult. It sucked. Oh yeah. So I tricked her when she was in the hospital. Like she. Does an ambulance come? Oh yeah. An ambulance oh, came. My God. Um, she, I knew she was ready to die because she always says like, I'll never kill myself because I need to be there for Bradley. Bradley's an adult with autism. She's like his legal guardian. Yeah. It's like her world. Um, she flies to Chicago every couple of months to hang out with him. Yeah. It's a huge relationship. And she was on that like stretcher. Like she was like bound um, because she was like fighting them yeah. off. Um, so she just kept saying goodbye, Bradley. Oh goodbye, my God. Bradley. I was like, okay, wow. This um, is, yeah. yeah. So we go. And then she's just saying the whole time to the paramedics, like, she's going to leave me. Yeah. She's going to leave That's me. That's what it was. The backpack was the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this is, again, not me being like, you did a bad just, thing. I packed a backpack and yeah. Yeah. set off this chain reaction. Um, And then I took pictures of her. She was like... Her resting heart rate was like 190 something, um, which is crazy oh, for wow. hours. Um, oh my God. And then they put a lot of, um, what's that charcoal stuff they get you to like throw up with? Oh, to like, oh yeah, it like draws it out. Yeah. yeah. So she, yeah. her face is covered in charcoal. I took pictures of her and I'm like, I'm going to show you this when you're sober. Like, we're never going to get here again. And that's when I was like, um, we're done drinking, by yeah. the way. Like, you're done. I'm done. Like, I was sure. just saying anything at that point. Too. Of course. Um, so scary it's unbelievable and i was drinking i was probably drunk when i was saying this um i used to have a joke about it like i okay whatever i agreed to quit (laughs) drinking with her when i was drunk because i probably was um and i was like blackout diaries is canceled that's a show we ran yes but you have done yeah i loved it it is a great show and it like you just tell blackout stories like drinking stories and the best stories come from sober people um, because oh, they've been removed sure. enough, yeah. you know, but like, I was like, we're going to put it on hold. Like, it's not funny right now. I totally <laughs> forgot that the story I told on Blackout Diaries was me taking a, a subletter's virginity who yeah. was sleeping in my room. <laughs> so good. I just stumbled in there. I was like, let's go fucking go. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> he oh was French God. too, right? He was French. Oh. oh, God bless him. I thought they weren't even born virgins. Yeah. Though. I know, right? right? The French? He's like an anime nerd. <laughs> they lose it in the womb. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, to the umbilical cord, actually. Yeah. Um, anyway, what, how long was she in the hospital for like five days okay. um, and it was apparently like we later found out the worst hospital in all of New York and Brooklyn like we she was Woodhall? begging for in yeah it's the worst it's our, the, our it's, psychiatrist we saw the same one at the time was like I can't believe they took her there it's like ho- I can't even horrendous it's a horrendous place she yeah. got like like there was like like she got bites they were like bed bugs mm-hmm. like um no, and it's, it's, she kept begging for inpatient she's like i need to be in a psych ward like she was saying that like i'm scared to go back on my own i yeah. really need help and they're like we don't think you need to be in a psych ward and sent her it, home w- what yeah and so like they're yeah. supposed to set her up with therapy after they never followed through yeah um like it was just a nightmare she's only just started therapy this last fall and this happened in the spring of 2018 oh geez um so, so how what um just like afterwards going back to your normal yeah lives, not like, normal was... like um a lot of weed smoking we're like well we're not drinking so we're gonna yeah. smoke all the weed yeah. and not talk about it for a while do a little transfer oh <laughs> uh, don't you worry i did that yeah um I, yeah well so I, I remember when you came into keith and the girl and told this story which was a 
maybe a few months back, I sensed like a relief from your end from being able to talk about this. I had no idea she was going to even allow it. Like it was just she brought it up. And yeah. I was like, oh, we can talk about it now. That must have. And also like you seemed very shaken as I would be too talking about something like that. Um, but I was also like, oh, thank God she can fucking talk about this. This is like, this is a very heavy, difficult yeah. fucking thing. Imagine yeah, like being know. like a party girl and being, and you disappear, your friends are like, what's, where are you? I'm like, oh, I just suddenly quit drinking for no reason. No right. reason at yeah. all. <laughs> oh, so you couldn't tell people like in your own life. Because we're all have the same friends and like, we're all comedians and yeah. everyone talks. And- yeah. Yeah. No, I completely understand that because if, if I were in your shoes and my partner had tried to kill themselves, that's their story to tell. Mm -hmm. I would feel like, who am I to tell that somebody else tried to commit suicide? Agreed. But also, it is your experience. Totally. And you need an... I was traumatized. Holy shit, yes. (laughs) This is an incredibly traumatic experience. Yeah, I thought I'd tell some of my hot mess funny stories. Sorry, guys. (laughs) No, I mean... This always happens. (laughs) And also, like, uh, honestly, I would say that you need to talk about this. You are a part of this whole thing i can't imagine being muzzled after this and this is not me like speaking negatively of ali i completely understand i'm sure ali has shame around this like crazy like i i love both the people involved in this story but but i'm but i i think that would be very very strange yeah weird times like i just stopped doing comedy and what's crazy is her comedy career started to take off once she quit drinking always and literally like always. she just like focused on the work and like you know me there was like right after this happened a few months after this happened she goes and auditions for stand-up nbc and like makes it to the finals yeah. and like goes to la gets representation things start happening for it's her it's almost like the drinking was holding her Yeah, Yeah, weird. I mean, this is a bottom. This is the truest example of a bottom. But I felt like I was the one who was like the most affected. Because like then I was like, well, I can't do comedy right now. Like, and I was very like shaken. (laughs) Yes. And I like kind of had to pause my comedy and just watch her like completely like take off from her bottom. That felt like my bottom. Yeah but I didn't cope the same way. Like I just like fixated on it and she was like, ah, let's not think about that. And onwards. That's unfair. Now she's in therapy. That's unfair. And now she's dealing with it. (laughs) That's great. Well, you said you stopped drinking for a year when that happened. How did you start drinking again? And how did she feel about it? Oh, this is still a current fight and we're going to start couples therapy because of this. Mm. Um, So a year comes up, it comes up on a year and I'm like, I don't even think I'm an alcoholic. Like I, like definitely my drinking was problematic, but like, I think I'm fine. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know if this is a forever thing for me. I think it should be for her, but like, who am I to be like, we are done drinking. And then Mm -hmm. like, be like, and now you're on your own. Um, and so I, um, booked a trip to Europe. (laughs) I was like, I need to get away. Uh, Uh, I need some time for myself. My best friend lives in London. (laughs) Everything about this is like textbook, like, and now we're going to ignore it. And now I'm going to go to a different location. Yeah. Now I'm going to do this. But also Europe is the perfect place to smoke and drink in peace. Right. Sure. Understood. I was like, you go I've to a cafe, to people go. are drinking champagne and smoking cigarettes It's the for norm. Breakfast. Yeah. yeah. I went to Paris. I was like, what am I not going to drink wine in Paris? I think I'm going to be drinking on this trip. Um, and Allie just thinks like this friend of mine pressured me. And I was like, no, this is a choice I made. Like I'm sure. going to, 
um, celebrate. I've done a year. I've been very supportive. Like I like put yeah. my career on hold. Like I'm just gonna have fun. And you know, I had a few. Bo- like I wasn't drinking in excess when I was mm-hmm. there. It was just like very casual. Like I was able to have a sure. glass of wine or two. Um, well, I imagine after a year, two glasses. Would be oh yeah, that's all yeah, we needed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she like now that we know or speculate, she has BPD. Um, she felt so, um, abandoned, like, not that I was like drinking again, even, but that I was like going on this trip without her Mm -hmm. and that like, that's a whole fight that we're still like getting over too, because she just found out, I finally had to come out with it that I did mushrooms too. And that was like very triggering for her because she was raped when she was like a kid and like that, like people were on drugs when they did that. So she has this association with drugs. So like the fact that I went and I drank there and I did yeah. a drug. It sure. was just like the ultimate betrayal. That's sexual being um sexual being molested is one of the most common things with borderline people. It's every person that I've known is who was borderline. I mean, I don't Emily's mom I don't know, but every one of my friends that I, I don't know either, um for the record. Um uh was molested. I think it's like something that is so unbelievable like so breaks the brain in a way because you're such a young kid that yeah. like yeah I, I can't I was even... molested as a kid and I'm like very broken and then I hear about the stuff Allie's been through I'm like oh I can't even imagine what's going on up there like yeah. a lot of like sexual violence I who do you remember who molested you do you know who? oh yeah it's yeah. a cousin uh, it's always in <laughs> the family always. it's always in the fucking family keep it in the family yeah. did, did you speak up about it yeah I told my mom or a ser- here's where it gets fuzzy like because there was so much that I rep- repressed sure how um, old were you by the way I I was like uh, going into fourth grade, I think. Oh, Jesus. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know if this happened or not. Like, it's just. Sure. I convinced myself that I told my mom. Yeah. Um, but when we talk about it now, um, she's like, no, you never told me. But then I'm not convinced that I didn't tell her. I'm like, maybe she didn't want to hear it and she's yeah. bearing it. So there's still some confusion on whether or not yeah. I told her. Or it maybe happened. you thought you were telling her in your own way right. and she wasn't hearing it. Right. That's like, I remember kind of where in the house we were when I think this conversation happened and everything, but I can't like, like for sure say that I've like explicitly told her in your memory what happened oh um this was a cousin that had been like touchy-feely gross mm-hmm. grabby uh um, male female male okay. um older why older. am i asking oh yeah always uh, older male <laughs> male or female but of course yeah um so he was from well, there was um our family was slowly like immigrating over to the States. My grandpa was the first to come to the States and settled in Connecticut and then sponsored a visa for my uh, dad and then my uncle. Mm-hmm. And so there's then my grandpa and then grandma and two families mm-hmm. in this in Connecticut randomly. I don't know why they didn't go to L.A. where all the Persians are. Um, but we're <laughs> I fucking the love the L.A. Persians. Central Connecticut. Oh, they're the funnest people. I know. Yes. I wanted to be those Persians. Yes. <laughs> um, but we're, yeah. They're slipping you cash. You're part partying fabulous cool, oh. cool persians is a vibe oh it's my favorite they're such a vibe I, I had yeah. a um i i went on a date with a persian <laughs> man. i i really love persian men like it's it's a weakness of mine <laughs> they're just so hot yeah um but like just beautiful skin yeah and just, just like olive dark 
feature tall dark and handsome oh, just tall dark uh, and handsome <laughs> if i were to say we were talking before we turn on the mic that we both watch uh love island yes and the banter the banter has um integrated into our oh, yeah. everyday vernacular yes um but i have a video on my phone still that i refuse to delete of this naked Persian man with a drum in his lap, just <laughs> doing a drum solo for me yeah. post coital. They have they oh have God. fun. It's a fun They're, culture. It's a very fun yes. culture, and yeah. I like that. Yeah, uh, very like, lots of gold, like so much gold <laughs> yes. against tanned olive skin. It's fucking um, great. It's just fucking great. Yeah, and it's a very like party like atmosphere a lot yeah. of the times, and that's why it was also weird to be sober and be like, how am I sober? And Persian. Like, this doesn't yeah. feel right culturally. Mm. Um, but anyways, yeah, um, this was the last of the families. Yeah, another one of my dad's brother's families was coming over from Iran. Mm-hmm. My grandpa sponsored their visa. Um, and they were, like, living with us a lot. Um, and they were, were, like, older male cousins. And the time specifically, like, that I thought that I told my mom about, because it was, like, little, like, here and there kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the main one was when we were, like, in a pond at a family barbecue, and we were underwater, mm. and he, like, right in front, in plain sight. So it's like they're watching us play in the water, but what's actually happening underwater is, is I'm being, like, fully molested, and he was trying to, like, force himself, like... Wow, is it, that not the biggest metaphor you've ever heard? Yeah. Yes. Just beneath the surface. Just literally beneath the yeah. surface. Like, oh. I have pictures of that day. I know exactly... What day? Like, how old was he? Um, probably like thirteen or like twelve. Oh, Jesus, uh, yeah, that's like close like enough puberty. to you in age that it's like even grosser somehow. Yeah, like because probably pre- people who are like entering puberty, like twelve years old. Mm-hmm. Part of them could be attracted to a ten-year-old. Well, you don't know what's fucking going on, right? Yeah, yeah. but it's your relative oh yeah so it was like i obviously and didn't you're defenseless and you don't know what's it. going on yeah yeah and i they just moved to the like I, what am i gonna do they're like living with us is he grabbing you is he trying oh to, yeah like, he was like trying to get in there yeah oh with his actual like dick. and i remember i'm like all right when i was the memories were repressed i will say um then i got in a horrific car accident when i was 19 and it hit jesus this, Christ, like, man trauma center <laughs> and i've actually i have ptsd like diagnosed from this car accident uh-huh. But like when that happened, a lot of repressed childhood memories started coming up because I think it unlocked Just a lot of trauma in general. <laughs> yeah, her brain was shaken. Yeah, loose. yeah. I think so it's the scientific. That's when that term. all started bubbling up. That's bewildering with the conversation with your mom. I remember I brought up to my mom recently, and I've in the last few years I've aired a lot of grievances with her. Not to make her feel guilty, but to validate the certain things that happen so that I can move forward with them. It's really not like, oh, you did this, you did that. It's like, can you please acknowledge these insanely fucked up things so that I have a reason why I have these problems? I'm not blaming you. You are just like a person doing your best. I love her very much. And and I understand the full scope of things a lot more as like an adult. Definitely. Yeah, parents Who's, aren't perfect either. Yeah. Like human, just like human she was, Yeah, she had an emotionally abusive husband. She had cancer. He's getting 17 different transplants. Like, it's a shit show. Yeah. I don't know that I wouldn't have just drowned all the kids and called it a day. So thank you. But <laughs> For not doing that. Right. Thank you for not doing that. But I, but she, I tried to commit, I threatened to commit suicide at school um, with another girl, um, and I've talked to this girl, me and this girl, Talene, uh, another Persian, fun Persian, oh. fucking loved her, Talene Arslanian, shout out. Um, we were really good friends, and we 
were threatening to jump off of like the top of a building. Um, and it was not, I don't even think that if we had done it, we would have killed it. We would have like broken our legs, but it was more like, this is clearly a cry for help. Um, or you're, or you're, you're sick because when you're a kid, you don't understand how to like properly verbalize things. So you're just like signaling wildly to try to like. I used to do that all the time. Yeah. Like, I rented a book on like suicide. Yes. Like from the library mm-hmm. and just left it out. Like, yeah. just to, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Anything to like get some attention. Yeah. Because well, you're like, I feel bad. I feel very bad. And I don't know why because I have like a child brain. Yeah. And I remember, um, t- uh, they had to like pull us down and then uh, the like recess lady, she was such a cunt, um, like put us aside. We were not. Pull you down from like the jungle gym? Uh, like, wh- we, were, we were on top of a small building. So we had like, oh. we had like climbed up somehow and they had to be like, you need to get down. And then she had to come up and get us and like walk us down. Yeah. As a parent, that would be terrifying. Yeah. And I remember, and then the other person that, that I did this with, Talene, was like, I was like, do you remember when we did this? Cause you know, when you start like unpacking these mm-hmm. things and you're like, is, did I fully make this up? Cause yeah. this is so crazy sounding. It's nuts. Um, and she was like, oh yeah. So I definitely like have another person. And then I, I remember, I guess I was sent home from school. Um, and I remember sitting, my mom being fucking furious. Like, I thought my dad was going to be the one who was mad because he usually was like the disciplinarian and the very like scary, angry one. But she had never, I've never seen her this angry. When the calm parent flips the switch. Oh, oh no. You're like, shit. crippling. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah. For sh- me, that was my dad. He would just give me a look. Oh, yeah. I remember literally one time he yelled at me and it traumatized me for life. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you're like, holy shit, you're the, you're the nice one. Mm-hmm. How badly did I fuck up? But- she does not remember this at all. I brought it up with her and she was like, what? No way. Yeah. And I'm like, no, come on. You know what I mean? But I'm like, I don't know if you this was just like a shit storm so hard for you that like. Yeah, like this was in the middle of so many yeah. huge things happening and, and it got lost in the mix. And like it wasn't I, it wasn't a real suicide attempt. Like it, it was just a, a kid who was having trouble. You know, I also was like, I thought I was taken out of school. Um, but like there, I never really get answers from this period of time. And I think you just have to kind of like believe whatever yeah. you know of it and then move on. Cause yeah, there's like nothing else you can do. Yeah. Which sucks though. Do you, have you spoken to your parents about it at all? I've never then? spoken to my dad about it. Um, where is this overtly? cousin? Like, was this cousin taken out of the mix after that, or did you no, see him? No, I didn't. We were we grew up with them, um, and so I. Um, luckily, Persians are really dramatic, and there's always um, once there's a fight between siblings or something, it's like goodbye forever. Like Love they're it. very stubborn <laughs> yes. people. Um, so our the three brothers who lived in the same town, including my dad, um, their families, we were always together on the weekends. Like I grew up very Persian. And then once they stopped, um, when they started fighting and stopped seeing each other, that's when I stopped, I became a lot more American. Like I, Farsi was my first language. Uh-huh. Like I was just always around Persians. Sure. And, and then from that to like none. But one good thing is that we didn't have to see them anymore <laughs> and yeah. that worked out. But then, um, I finally told my mom like very overtly, mm-hmm. um, because my 
grandma died and I couldn't go to the funeral because I didn't want to like see him because yeah. it was when a lot of like the memories were coming up. Of course. And then like my grandpa died and I did go to the funeral and I um I had to get very drunk to be yeah. like there. Mm-hmm. And he was just like and I just started realizing I was like, oh, why can I only be drunk around my family? I need to tell my parents like what's going on. Yeah. They're very concerned. They have no idea why. But I still have never talked to my dad about it. I told my mom not to tell anyone. I know she told him. Mm-hmm. So my dad and I talk about it without talking about it. Like I'll be like, when's the last time you talked to Iraj? And uh-huh. he's like, well, that's his brother and my cousin's dad. Uh-huh. Um, and he's like, well, I don't want to ever see them again. Like, But like now I know it's not yeah. just their original fight. Like yeah. he's like why do you think I never want to go back to Connecticut? Like they retired from there. And it's like, we just hint around it. Yeah. Whereas my mom and I talk about it. It's so fun. Family is just so filled with fucking secrets and crazy shit. It's like, I don't know, man. It's I'm going to throw something out there and I could be totally wrong. Yes. I'm not a therapist. Uh Uh-huh. And I just want to put that disclaimer out there. Okay. But do you think that possibly that experience when you were young affected you not wanting to like experiment with men. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause women totally. are totally, like, I actually just talked about this on another. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Um, yeah, but not like we did not get this heavy. Um, we like to get heavy over <laughs> in the Hamas comedy. Casual hour. trauma talk. We're heavy yeah. hitters. Last time. Yeah, that definitely is what happened. So I was like a happy, healthy kid. Um, or I don't know. I feel I've always had depression, but like I was like, active and stuff but after Mm -hmm. that happened i started rapidly gaining like a ton of weight Mm -hmm. right oh yeah um and i've been in therapy and she like helped me realize that i was building like a protective barrier around myself yeah and so i was always like and i was obviously very afraid of boys even though like i thought i was attracted to them i never tried because they were dangerous Yeah. yeah yeah um and then i just at the same time kept like i developed like a food addiction i was like very much medicating yeah food um so I got girls very drug. big yeah. um, and I was like, well, now no one would want me anyway. So it's like, it's not I'm in my safe. Yeah. Um, so I, when I say I got hetero curious, I mean, I've always been hetero curious, but like I, it took me losing like over a hundred pounds. Um, and the real reason was cause I wanted to start doing comedy and I was like, I was like, I'll feel more confident if mm-hmm. I lose a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I over people the course treat you of better year. when you lose weight, that, yeah. and I, that's not the, because they should. It's just well, what people the world assume, is like. As a performer, right. people don't assume as many things about you. Yeah. I think when an overweight woman gets on the stage, everyone I think, goes boo. Uh, people assume, yeah, horrible things about you that have nothing to do with your weight. Yeah, yeah, um, or it's or actually pretty disgusting. Sometimes if you yeah. go up and you're like too thin or like just like yeah they think you're a conventionally bitch. hot they're yeah. like she's not gonna be funny she's right. a bitch she's stupid yeah so it's just you gotta find this nice it's almost like there's balance. no way <laughs> to win yeah homely but hot so- fat but skinny <laughs> <laughs> so okay so in your relationship now have you so I I have been going to ACOA for a few years now I started and I struggle with like love and sex addiction I'm very very Uh, careful about relationships now because I know that sometimes it I'm using it like a drug or I'm using a person as like a a, an out somehow Mm -hmm. do you do you take pause with the stuff that's happened with Allie like are you do you have space to be yourself it seems like there a lot of your uh part of the relationship is like caring for her do you try to pull it back like what 
Yeah, she and she does care for me too. Like I'm. Oh yeah, um, again, useless. like, like I she cooks. And love Ali. Yeah. I think Ali's a wonderful person. I'm just. It, this is a lot for a one person yeah. to do for another person. Um. Well, luckily, when I got hetero curious, I was very much like, um, I can hook up with men because I'm thin now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And just, every. But then I yeah. became only capable of like casual sex, and I could only hook up with strangers because I still had a lot of like shame and weird like sex stuff. Sure. Um. So I was very much like addicted to that, and um, I've only had like two serious relationships, including Allie. Luckily for her, the guy I was dating um for like two and a half years. Um, my mid twenties was so emotionally abusive that like I came out of that relationship like I will always speak up for what I want and no yeah. one's ever gonna try and manipulate me again. Sure. So like I I came in hot Good. in that in this relationship like Good. even though it got to that point like we have been doing a lot better since like I sobered up for a year and was yeah. able to think clearly and communicate better and she's it in sounds therapy. like you knew the warning signs and you oh knew, yeah like, and I like about it. hinted and I was like I I told her I don't feel comfortable moving to New York unless you're in therapy if we really want to live together, especially like that was a huge thing and she didn't get it. And I was like, well, I just kept being like, well, I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. Mm -hmm. And then like, I kind of knew that would happen when it got to her night in the hospital. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that happened. That's, that's horrible. But I'm also like glad for both of you that it resulted in like, okay, this needs to be worked on. Yeah. That's... She's actively working on it and we're going to go to couples therapy soon. Mazel. <laughs> so gay. Um, but we're yeah. We're going to have to have you back on because I'm fascinated by couples therapy and I, I like need to know the, <laughs> the inner workings of like the couple, a couple's therapist's office. I know. I'm very If If you guys are, nervous. we could have you both on. I mean, oh, if yeah. you're like open to talking about that yeah. because I've been watching this show on HBO called Couples Therapy and it's just like, a camera inside a couple's therapist office. I love it. And it is fucking fascinating the impact that these couples have on the therapist. I'm most interested in the therapist. The therapist is like fanning themselves like, Jesus. The therapist has a therapist. She has a therapist that she goes to who's like this super wise woman and she's like, I don't know how to resolve like my issues that I have about these couples. Yeah. And the the therapist is like, I know, like couples be crazy. It's (laughs) fucking amazing. People are um, endlessly fascinating. People are endlessly fascinating. And do you know what else is endlessly fascinating? What? Cats. Yes. The internet is obsessed with cats and so are we. Cats and pictures of Emily's butt. I, that's all that there is on Instagram and also as far mine as I'm too. concerned. I'm and out Andrea, here, by the way. She's out there. Mm-hmm. Andrea Comedy 69. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, but we actually sent this product that I'm going to tell you about to our friends who have multiple cats. Yes, and older cats who have health problems, which is like very, very good for this product. Mm-hmm. And they have told us that it is the best cat litter they've ever used. Fuck so yeah. Take it from the horse's mouth, the cat lady's mouth. Yes. Pretty litter is kitty litter reinvented. Unlike traditional litter, pretty litter's super light crystals trap odor and release moisture, resulting in dry, low-maintenance litter that doesn't smell. Yes. As someone who's lived with three cats in a studio apartment, you need this. You need to eat that odor because otherwise you're never getting laid. Everyone needs to be eating that odor 24-7. It is an all-consuming fucking situation. Eat the odor if you want to get your box ate. Exactly. That's what I always say. That's what Pretty Litter told us to say. (laughs) Pretty Litter also spares, uh, spares your sanity and storage space. 
It's shipped in small, lightweight bags that last an entire month. Mm -hmm. No more bulky containers or frequent trips to the store. I mean, you know you're going to be buying it anyway. Yeah. So have it sent to your door. These are heavy bags of litter. I see them sold in uh, grocery stores and pet stores. They're fucking huge. You can't be lugging those around. No. Where where do you live that you can lug that shit around? Nowhere. Nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But above all else, here's why Pretty Litter is a pet parent's hero. It's a health indicator. Mm-hmm. This is actually huge. And I've never heard of a, another cat litter no, doing this. I. Pretty Litter monitors your cat's health by changing colors when it detects potential underlying issues. Hello, UTIs. It detects UTIs. Um, the cat, Our friends, the cat ladies on Box Street, actually told us that their cats are healthy. Yeah. Which is great um, because they have had health problems in the past. Yeah. And if I had a cat... Which I don't, but maybe one day. Fingers crossed. I would want to know that shit because I know how out of hand it can get so quickly. I know that you had that experience. You didn't know that your cat was sick until it was kind of too late. (laughs) Well, they had cancer, but. But. Yes. These these things happen is what I'm saying. And people spend so much fucking money at At the the vets. Yeah. Especially in the case of like a UTI, the cat can get a kidney infection and they can't communicate to you that they're in pain. I cannot even imagine a world that I couldn't be screaming from the rooftops that I had a UTI. God right? damn it. Poor cat. Torture. But now they can just pee on this cat litter. It turns a different color and you can tell um, that something is wrong. I think it's really amazing. Goddamn science. Yeah. Um, make the switch to Pretty Litter today by visiting prettylitter.com and using promo code HMCH for Hot Mess Comedy Hour for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code HMCH for 20% off. prettylitter.com, promo code HMCH. Come on, animal lovers. Get it done. You Actually, you have a cat, right? I know. I was like, I need this? Yes, you do. (laughs) Yes, you do. Well, thank you for being so open with that. I'm sorry we had to segue a kitty litter at into your <laughs> fucking story, but um, yeah, I mean, I really, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm uh, not, apology accepted. No, no, thank you for I, being. I, I was really going to come in. I was like, I'm going to talk about my silly little night in jail, no, and we're going to no. laugh and laugh about how stupid I've been no. in my twenties. <laughs> listen, we can again, like we can do that another time. But also, we were just having this conversation the other day. Everybody always says that. Yeah. Everybody always says, I'm sorry I wasn't funny. Like, and I'm sorry like, that I just bared my soul to you. And we always say, you don't understand. This is what our listeners want to hear. This what we live for. This is what they live for. Mm-hmm. We get comments on all, like, the most emotional episodes saying, like, yes, just what I needed another person to be real and raw and honest. Yeah. It's like, these people clearly have never been to therapy. <laughs> sure. It's also, like, all these things are so incredibly common, too. You know what I mean? Like, Relatable. Yeah. It's, I think it's really great to talk about it. That's it's why we do this show. It's important to have these things talked about more yeah. often. Yeah. You know? okay, okay. Um, but you were great. You are <laughs> a very funny comedian. Yes. Where can people find you and follow you? They can find me and follow me at Melody Kamali on all social platforms. Um, I officially... Um, when is this coming out? I uh, next week. Next okay, week. perfect. Um, and announcing Monday. But anyways, I'm going to be the new co-host of Diking Out, which is yes! a podcast. I love that. <laughs> Canadian. Oh, yeah. Girl Another Canadian. Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and this girl, you can tell, is Canadian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Carolyn Bergier is yeah. the um, creator. I'm going to be her official new co-host um, beginning this Monday when the first a formal episode we recorded as co-host Mazel um, comes That's out great. and we have a monthly show at Stonewall every last Monday of the month. That's so great. 
And um, if you like podcasts, there's yes. another one for yeah. you. Yeah. Hit subscribe, <laughs> bitches. Yeah, that's a very fun podcast. I like her a lot. And also, fellow Canadian, fuck yes. yes. I cool. love that you're added to the mix. I think it's great. Melody is hilarious and wonderful person so follow her everywhere consume her fucking mm-hmm. comment on her instagram she said she's gonna post more so not yeah. ass pics you encourage her i by- don't have an ass so <laughs> if you want an ass pic it's gonna be purely comedic photoshop yes <laughs> yeah it's her ass but like it's the the walls are wavy and mm-hmm. it's like twice the size of her yeah. body yes <laughs> i have boobs you can't have both it's like one or the mm. other typically you know what if you True. had both you would be too hot yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want more hot mess, you can follow us at Hot Mess Comedy Hour on Instagram. And uh, if you would like to consume some of our bonus content, or yes. if you're interested in hearing that back catalog that we were talking about Jump earlier, into the archives. Go Emily to- had sex on a pier. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I had sex on a pier. <laughs> Let somebody who has never had sex on a pier throw the first stone. You know what I mean? Oh, this I was one of my favorite moments of our entire history. That's a great. Mo- I mean, there there are so many iconic moments yeah. from that first couple years. Ooh. I can't even like too many to count. So you can get that for just ten dollars. You go to Patreon.com/slash/hotmess for ten dollars. You get the entire back catalog. Two bonus shows. Two goddamn bonus shows. Access to the private Facebook group. I love the private. Someone posted a picture of SpongeBob. I'm not going to talk too much about it because it's in reference to one of the bonus shows in the private Facebook group. It's one of the funniest things I've seen. I was. I made it my screensaver. It's so. the fun. It's like the, I love the hot mess fans are the best. They're so fun. Everyone's chatting so and sharing. Engaged. Everybody in the chat in the sorry the Facebook group they make my day all the time. Pretty much every yeah. day. It's just meme city. It's meme city, yes. bitch. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Patreon.com/slash/hotmess. I would highly encourage you because it's just a party that you want to be a part of. Yeah. And you're gonna have so much access to us that you're gonna block all of our ass picks. Yeah. You're going to be like, this is too much. Yes. Um, and that is pretty much it. We'll see you next week. It's, it's a comedy, comedy podcast. podcast.